you know, a lot of these kids get burnt out like pretty quick on racing and, you know, especially when they start going pro and they have to travel and it's a lot. So, I mean, I definitely, you taking that time off, even though it wasn't a planned time off, it probably, just, it probably lit a fire underneath you again. And like you said, he came back and, you know, you had, a, you had a point to prove and, you know, you were having fun doing it. Episode 74, Tank Slapping Podcast. Got it rolling once again, co-hosting on the other side, Frankie Garcia. What's up, bro? What up, dude? This is going to be cool, man. We're going to have some fun with this one. Obviously, the uh, the season's over as far as American Flat Track goes, but we got some special stuff coming up. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, dude, I've been going crazy, like cabin fever already. My wife's like, you got to find something to keep you occupied. Like, I'm I'm like, I don't know, dude, it's like you work hard for something and then like it's, it's really cool that it's over and the goal was accomplished, but it's like, now what? Like, I'm trying to find shit to, trying to find shit to keep me busy. Thankfully, the podcast is good. Once a week, come on here, bullshit with you, talk to some guests and kind of give my, give me a little bit of a racing fix. But um, yeah, dude, just going crazy, but we got... Dalton Gautier coming on the show tonight. Really excited about that. We'll try and get also a special, a special appearance from Robbie, Bobby McClendon. And we might even call chambers, dude. Might even get a, get a hold of no chambers and check in. So she's got the A team calling in today. Banger of a show on tap. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be, I can't believe you're already having cabin fever. I don't think it's been 10 days since the last race. Yeah. Maybe it's cause like the last race, didn't go well. Like it, it was kind of a tough race. Like I, I just want to, usually when I have a bad race, I love the double headers because if I suck the first day, I only have to go to bed and then I get back up and try it again. Now it's Thank like, I, I have nothing going on. I, I, I am racing this weekend, actually RVA flat track in Ashland, Virginia, Mike hackers, putting it on. Um, I did it in the spring. It's a pretty cool racetrack in Richmond, Virginia. He had like 3,000 spectators there, dude. It was crazy. So going back down there, going to race my twin. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, get the ride a little bit. Might put Cruz out there for his uh, first official PW race. So nice. I got some racing going on. So that'll, that'll be good. Nice. Yeah, we got the last round of uh, Super Hooligans this weekend. So that'll be pretty exciting. And I'm sitting third in the championship. And I mean, it ain't over till it's over. But I went to Huntington Beach last night and, uh, just to kind of, you know, scope the vibes and, and just kind of get a lay of the land before I have to go there and, you know, do, do what I do. Go to battle. I ended, up getting, I ended up getting really wasted last night, so I'm a little <laughs> hungover currently. But, uh, hey, it's not the first time I've done this podcast hungover. Hooligan shit, dude. It's just, that's what we do. Yeah, it's the way of life. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it'll be good, man. I wish I was out there, actually. I, I love... I love watching videos of that event, just on the beach, concrete or whatever pavement, however you want to say it, short track. Um, what is it? What do you guys call it? Asphalt, asphalt, short track. It's, asphalt, uh, asphalt, short track. Damn, dude. It looks so much fun. Um, my, my it's team. Actually, grip, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of testing on um, asphalt. <laughs> I was going to say pavement. Same thing, right? Asphalt pavement. I think it's the same thing. Asphalt okay, pavement. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell you what the difference is. <laughs> I do a lot of testing on it, uh, leading up to our indoors, um, here in, I don't have concrete, you know, but asphalt's pretty similar. Um, 
yeah. so it, it's a lot of fun dude i'm i'm amped on it so my team actually gng racing they're having their championship party this weekend in ukaipa uh i should have i should have had them like do the party on sunday and i could have flew out and did the race but yeah um, you blew it yeah i did blow it but <laughs> shit happens um want to make sure we shout out our sponsors make this show happen bell power sports check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products Frankie and myself, we're race star flex guys. Uh, of course, we wear the Moto 9, Moto 10 on the on the dirt. The quality and safety yep. is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Their Moto 10 is absolutely phenomenal. It's uh, I, it's I almost don't even want to wear it. It's such a nice helmet. It's like deserves to be on a shelf. But um, yeah, they've, they've it's bitching. It's insane what they've done, dude. Like I, they step it up every year. Every time, every time like Bell comes out with a new helmet, you're like. Oh, this is the best thing I ever wore. It doesn't get any better than this. And then they come out with their next one. And you're like, where did <laughs> no. you find that technology? I know. It's crazy, man. But uh appreciate Bell for for all they're doing. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at Yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. I want to give a big um big shout out to Bell and Yamaha. They're Sponsoring my winter throwdown coming up in January, Yamaha just announced $8,600 worth of contingency for my winter throwdown, which is huge for an amateur race. So shout out to them and, and Bell oh, yeah. as well for supporting the uh, the winner of the 85cc class at the winter throwdown. They're getting a full factory Bell helmets sponsorship for next season. So um, Dude, that's cool. Should... That's like everything like we always dreamed of as kids. So it's really cool that Bell's doing that. Yeah, without a doubt. They do a lot for the sport in general. Indian Motorcycle, since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. Check out a local dealership near you and scoop up a new ride. Check out the Baggers, the Indian Challenger, Scout, FTR models. They're a big supporter of Flat Track, Super Hooligan Racing, Moto America, and they also support our podcast. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, Jerry Stinchfield. Nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing business. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net. Jerry keeps us going. Big shout out to him and his team for, for supporting what we do, as well as Brandywine Harley-Davidson. If you're in the market for a Harley, you're looking for parts, motor clothes, service work, hit up Brandywine Harley-Davidson in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. 65 years in business, Tommy Hanum and his team, they know what they they know what they're doing when it comes to Harley Davidson and Tommy's a rider himself. So we appreciate them for supporting our podcast, hit them up on social media and uh, just give them thanks for, for keeping this going. I mentioned the RVA flat track race coming up this weekend. A lot of good, a lot of good riders will probably be there. I'm not sure the attendance or who all's coming, but if you're in the area, Richmond, Virginia, it's actually Ashland, Virginia, capital city speedway. I'll be out there with my, with my personal twin spinning laps, just having a good time with the locals. So make sure you come check that out. Um, also coming up here in the near future, we have RPM promotions. Their Lima, Ohio race is on October 30th. Make sure you check out RPM promotions on social media. A lot of fast riders will be there. I'm sure. I mean, who doesn't want to race Lima? I mean, it's one of the most iconic tracks on the American flat track schedule. So, um, yeah, once again, that's RPM promotions on, yeah. October 30th. I almost said August, October 30th. And then the winter throwdown, I'm going to keep plugging her baby. January 6th, yep. January 6th, dude. Yeah, dude. I need you to come, man. It's I'm uh, going, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. I don't care what it takes. I'm coming. I'm, well, I'm, I'm committed. I put, me will, on, put my name on the flyer. <laughs> I, 
I'll confirm it, man. I'll put your face on the flyer. That's yeah. if that's what it takes for to get you here, man. That'll be fun. Confirmed guest. <laughs> Confirmed guest. What's he uh, riding? We don't know. What class? Have no idea. Will he be drunk? Absolutely. He'll be there. We don't know what else yeah. after that, but he'll be in. Yeah, at I'm gonna Farm. show up. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Briar said he's coming actually, which blew me away. I was like, "You're not coming." He's like, "No, I swear I'm coming." So. Pff, Apparently Briar's coming, yeah. guys. So he's never made an it's appearance. Valentino Rossi of Valentino Rossi of flat track. <laughs> that guy's got to chill, dude. I'm glad he's coming out. This is a big thing for him. Yeah, and if he's coming, I guess Shayna's coming, but she better not expect me to pay her show up money. So, um, <laughs> I, that's I don't know. Well, I I doubt they're coming, but that's what that's what they claim. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But anything new this week, I think I dude? Talk about or, it. Since our last pod? Uh, I mean, a big news that I found out this week was after my disaster of a main event in Charlotte, um, I'm still in third place in points in the Super Hooligan standings, so that's pretty cool. I didn't even look at it or, or like bother to tally things up because I was like, wow, I blew it. I'm out. But, yeah, it's not, things aren't looking so bad. You know, it's still I'm like sitting third at like 39 points. And I think Scooter Vernon's leading with 50. So I'm only 11 points out. So, I mean, I just got to figure out how to take two KTMs down and DNF them this, this weekend. But, yeah, it ain't over till it's over. But, no, I mean, other than that, there's no, you know, still thinking about Charlotte. Like, that's been on my mind because it was so gnarly. And, uh, you know, other than that, there's uh, some uh, – there was a, you know, the world Superbike races this weekend. And, uh, I like to follow that series. Like those dudes are so cool. Like, um, Raz Gatlioglu, uh, Scott Redding and Johnny Ray, those dudes have been battling so gnarly all season long. But the best part is like, they're having so much fun doing it. And they're all homies. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I follow that a little bit. I, I really like Johnny Ray. He's, I don't know if, well, now he's number one, but he was running 65 for like a long time. And uh, I always thought that was dope just because there's not a lot of 65s out there, to be honest. And the the fact that he's, what, a five or six-time World Superbike champion um, is, uh, dude, he's a legend. But he's got some competition this year, man. Like, it's been cool to see that Yamaha. Yeah. I don't, I, I couldn't pronounce his his uh, his last name. I just call him Toprick or whatever, but um yeah yeah yeah. so they've been we're fans of everything here man we we really watch everything to be honest i mean if you want to get into some other news like danger boy on the yamaha dude basically teammates basically teammates that's that's your teammate your teammates with the deegan family uh brian actually hit me up for some tuning advice on the uh the yami 250 so i i got them dialed in yeah so they're good now Um, (laughs) set them up yeah, Star couldn't, you know, Star didn't have much for forum for uh, the tuning. So I was like, dude, I got you. I, I got the iPhone app. I'll, I'll dial you in. I'll send you my map. So um, so that's other other big news. But there's nothing really going on right now, man. It's just a big chill fest going on. Some, I, some, I silly, a... some silly season stuff, but nothing really heats up on that here for a few uh, couple months probably. Yeah, the flat track silly season, that's a late one. You know, yeah. it never, it's like a week it, you before. know, yeah, exactly. We just wait to see who shows up in what color leathers at the first round. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't happen until late. Like right now, Supercross motocross 
all that stuff. That silly season's just about over with. There's a couple more announcements we're waiting to see, but flat track is like, yeah, we'll just wait till the day before and see what color everyone's leathers are. It is. It's actually pretty funny. Like, how last minute everything is some of the fans would be blown away by some of like the top contenders and how last minute all their shit is thrown together like um yeah i it's it's actually crazy maybe we'll dip into that a little bit more as we get closer to daytona time which i don't even mm-hmm. know where we're racing in daytona on the, the schedule it just says daytona so it could be volusia it could be daytona short track um i'm not even sure what they're going to go with but I hope it's at the speedway. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I like them both. I've, I've just because that. Well, like we'll all be racing baggers there, so we'll all be in the same vicinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I actually, man, one of these days, I I'll be in the bagger class, but um, just listen to their baggers. You get on the back of mine. We'll make this happen. I'm not saying I'm gonna I'm gonna be fast on it, but I'll be out there. I just want to be. A, I just want to. I just want to line up on the grid on a bagger, um, do a couple laps, turn some music on, put my feet on the highway pegs and just, just, just to say, I've just to say I've done it. Um, but anyway, we got our first guest on the line. Speaking of, speaking of Harley Davidson baggers, we, we got Dalton Gautier, man. What's going on, dude? What's up boys? How you, how you guys doing? Uh, oh, we're just, we're just having a, Living you know, dream. having a Monday, dude. It's a Monday. I'm hungover. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. So it's been a while since I've been on one. So excited to be uh, talking to you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I've uh, for those that don't know, I've gone way back with Dalton, man. I I, I have a actually I have a, a signed poster from Dalton when he was on a 65 cc. It's uh, I I've saved the poster. I said one day this kid's gonna be fast um i still have the poster it's like there's not a wrinkle in it um it's in my drawer here at home so i basically watched you grow up you're a district six district six kid like me uh grew up in pine grove pennsylvania which many flat track fans heard of it's a home to a really famous track from back in the day flying dutchman and there's been a lot of pretty good riders actually from that I'm gonna say shitty little town, but from that <laughs> humble little town in Pine Grove, there's been some good guys, man. But yeah, it's uh, it's been crazy, man. Our journey that we've we've taken together personally, dude. So talk about that a little bit. Growing up, District Six, and and uh, being a Pennsylvania kid. Yeah, man. I uh, grew up. Actually, it's a crazy story. I grew up racing in Canada with my dad before I was even going to school and stuff. So I didn't have to worry about going to school in PA and stuff. I was still pretty young, so I was racing up in Canada for a while my dad he was racing speedway bikes it's actually a pretty funny story he uh he was a sender back in the day so that was pretty cool to witness and stuff seeing him race but uh once i had to go back to school yeah i was back in pennsylvania full-time and then i started uh my dad found some flat track races uh, i forget where it was my first one but yeah we started racing d6 and then uh that's when we met you and then we met everybody else too a lot of friends and uh, a lot of a lot of family comes back from d6 and stuff so a lot lot of cool people and uh yeah so grew up racing d6 watching Corey and don don battle it out and their rivalry was pretty funny to watch back in the day when i was younger so a lot of cool stories and uh, a lot of cool tracks we race we don't race them anymore it seems like uh i've been watching d6 following it and stuff but uh, a lot of cool fast younger kids are coming up it seems like so that's 
looks good for the sport. Yo, dude. So I had no idea about your past, like with your dad, like being a speedway guy, like everything makes sense now. Yeah. Um, I get where the send comes from because speedway guys definitely don't suck at partying. So it all yeah. makes sense. I had no idea about any of that stuff. I didn't even know you were from Pennsylvania. I thought like Robbie Bobby birthed you out of an egg or something like that in his backyard, <laughs> honestly. Like, I don't know a lot about you. I'm just a fan. Like, I always tell everyone, like, oh, yeah, like, Corey and Dalton, those are my, like, production twins guys. Like, that's who I want to win. If those guys don't win, I'm out. But, uh, no, rad, dude, that's crazy. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Dude, take us back. Like, Corey and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. And, you know, you don't have to get any details. It makes you uncomfortable. But, you know, you, 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 you had a pretty successful, like, start to your pro career. And then um, due to some circumstances, you had to take a little bit of time off. But what were you doing man? I when, was, you, you know, when you weren't racing? Yeah, man, I was just wanted to be a kid. And uh, pretty much I was hanging out with my friends. And, yeah, I didn't want any, anything to do with racing for a little while for there. I didn't even know if I was going to come back or not. Crazy to crazy crazy to say but uh yeah just hanging out with my friends just trying to do like younger um kid kid shit you know like go to prom and got to do that and stuff so that was cool and then uh yeah just stuff i didn't usually get to do when i wasn't when i was racing and stuff so i mean me and my dad would go racing every weekend so i was pretty busy and i wouldn't really see my friends from school or anything like that so yeah did that went to some high school parties you know i mean just being a kid pretty much yeah, honestly, man, I think it's good for, for kids to be kids. Like, I was the same way, and I think that's why I still like to race now in my 30s because I'm not burnt out. So I think for, for for you to take that time was good for you. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it was really good for me. I think it was probably one of the best things I could have done for myself because when I came back to racing, I was so hungry and so ready to be back in the fight with those guys and uh, really didn't think I was going to be winning races as quick as I – as I was, but, uh, it worked out and uh, it was, it was a pretty cool season when I came back and stuff. So yeah, that's when I was, that's what I was doing when I wasn't racing. I was just hanging out doing kids stuff. So, I mean, I don't, you can't blame me. You know, I just, uh, wanted to be a kid and do some, do some different stuff for a little bit. Yeah. That's rad, man. Like, I mean, I think it's important. And then like, obviously like Corey said, it's probably a good thing. Like a bless, kind of a blessing in disguise. Cause I see a lot of these guys get, you know, a lot of these kids get burnt out like pretty quick on racing and, you know, especially when they start going pro and they have to travel and it's a lot. So, I mean, I definitely, you taking that time off, even though it wasn't a planned time off, it probably just, it probably lit a fire underneath you again. And like you said, he came back and, you know, you had, a, you had a point to prove and, you know, you were having fun doing it. How long did it take you? Like, you know, you came back and did you start the season at the first race of the season when you came back? Yeah, I started at Daytona. So, uh, I was doing my road to recovery. I moved down to Florida before the season started, probably beginning of January. So I came down here with Rob, started living with him, started training, getting back on the bike, started riding. And then uh, so I was doing my road to recovery. And AFT called me five days before Daytona. So I was already on the way to uh, Oglethorpe for the Steve Nace race. And so I got the call for that. And then I didn't have anything. I didn't have a bike. I didn't have gear nothing so i had to sort all that stuff out uh luckily i was uh luckily given a bike from johnny lewis and uh 
yeah, we went racing Daytona, NJK, and a ride home. It took me up with helmet and gear, and so we went racing. We finished second, and the following weekend of Atlanta, we won. We won the national, so that was pretty badass. Yeah, let's talk about that 2019 championship a little bit. Um, first year back from it was like a almost two year absence. I didn't even hear from you that much during that two year absence. Like I would check in with you and. Uh, we would only talk maybe once every couple months. I'd be like, yo, what's up, dude? Like, get yeah. back on the bike. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and and uh, finally, it was time. And you, you came back, and you ended up winning the championship that, that year. Um, it was a pretty good battle, too. Like, uh, you and uh, Bromley had some pretty good – a pretty good rivalry there, middle of the season toward the end, and then you were able to squeak away and and win the championship. Um, your first championship, dude. So what were, what were the emotions during that season? And – maybe talk about your, your, um, your racing with Bromley and some of the other guys in that class. Yeah, man, for sure. It was a crazy year. Uh, we started the year off really great. And, uh, that was our plan to just go race by race, try to get as many wins as we could. And, uh, we won a lot of races. It was great. And, uh, yeah, we battled with Brom Bromley from the last, I think the last six, five or six races. And, Man, it was just all hard out there. We were battling. Uh, I remember at Springfield Short Track, me and him got into it a little bit. And then there was a couple other tracks where we got into it. And then uh, Mikey was a contender as well, but he had a couple races where he didn't do as well. So we got ahead in the points at the end. But uh, going to the last race, I only had one bike, and it was my B bike because my bike in Minnesota the round before broke. And then, uh, so yeah, I was on my B bike for the last race. I had to get 14th or better i think and brownlee had the win or brownlee or yeah brownlee had the win and i had to get 14th or worse for him to win so i had to get 14th or better to win the championship and we did that and won the championship pretty crazy to say honestly i didn't think uh it would have happened with the budget we were on and but uh, we all came together my sponsors and stuff and uh, made it happen so it was it was a dream come true and uh i grew up watching the pro singles class and i always dreamed of winning the championship one day and we did it so hopefully one day i'll go back to that class i really like racing in it but uh yeah i'm just looking forward to next year seeing what uh what i can what i'll be on and uh yeah we'll see how it goes speaking of of next year do you have any idea what what you're going to be riding are you going to kind of be on the same program do you have a ride have you i mean what's going on can you can you tell us anything about that yeah, I'm uh, sorting out a couple couple things right now, but I'm sure in a couple of weeks you'll be seeing what I'll be doing uh, next year. Um, can't really say anything right now, so have to you'll just have to keep uh, keep on the socials and stuff and see what I'm doing for next year. So yeah, love it, dude. Um, so coming up through, man, uh, amateur ranks. We didn't talk about your amateur stuff too much, um, but what were your biggest rivalries? Like you mentioned, me and Don Don District Six. um there's a lot of a lot of a lot of good rivalries back back here in pennsylvania as in like any any district pretty much it always seems like your biggest rivalries are from your own area like even like at the pro races now it's like the the biggest rivalries i guess i have are guys that are from my hometown like um so talk about that a little bit like you anyone you kind of dislike racing with i mean you're pretty chill bro to be honest and you're not a dirty rider by any means you're um you're really smooth and you don't really you, i've never seen you really ride like an asshole i mean you're aggressive when you need to be but um has that ever carried yeah. over to any sort of dislike for anybody else um i wouldn't say no i don't dislike anybody uh 
I definitely keep quiet from I don't really talk to the guys that I don't know that I race hard against with I mean this year me and you even like we didn't even really talk that much but uh yeah just I don't know Brandon Price growing up he we always raced really hard Cameron Smith and then Tristan Avery those three guys me and those three guys in the 85s were like batshit crazy like we would do anything to win and beat each other so those three guys and then uh uh, I had a rivalry at Winter Throwdown the one year with Jones. He took me out. <laughs> that wasn't that fun. I forgot about that. That was awesome. That was probably the 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 worst I was at a track. Like as mad as I was, I mean, shit, man, I was ready to tear his head off when he took me out. But uh, <laughs> looking back on it, we just laugh about it now. So it's it's a pretty funny story. But uh, Bromley, yeah, in 2019, Bromley was a big uh, rival, and then this year you were a rival with me. I think. I mean, we were. We're going head to head pretty much every race. Um, you kicked my ass though, so yeah, cool. it was dude, it's different. Like for me, it's I never have any dislike for the guys I'm competing yeah, no, against. It's never dislike for me either. You know? Well, I do dislike. I mean, eh, I there are guys that I don't like, but um yeah. it's not for the reason if like they're beating me or not. It's um like when I when I somebody beats me, I, I usually like I have like I gain respect for that person. Like it kind of makes me yeah. work harder um but like with with you it was like there was a quiet period there um where we didn't talk too much and i actually reached out i'm like hey man like we're cool like you know whatever whatever so um i i don't want to like i don't really chat with a bunch of people either but like guys like you um like i grew up with and you've been a friend before everything i like to keep those relationships intact like obviously we're still we're going for oh, one for sure. goal or whatever, but like when you would win, I would secretly be like, man, that was, that's awesome. Like good for him. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a weird, I hate competing against my friends because uh, I'd rather compete against guys. I don't really talk to. Um, but like when you're competing against like your boys, it's, it makes it tough. Like you've seen it with other riders and like super twins, like Briar and Jared, like you, you see yeah. it with other people, man. It's, it's kind of crazy actually. Yeah, it's not it's not that I dislike them, it's just like I just wanna beat them and I don't know. I just try to keep to myself and you know, I don't know. I try to go uh different about things and stuff, just keep to myself, do my own training and stuff by myself and you know, go the weekend ready ready to race and fight. But uh this year was definitely fun. Uh we never did a championship together, so that was the first and uh, it was fun as hell for sure. I had a lot of fun before I got hurt, but I'm sure we'll be doing it again here soon, so I uh, can't wait. Dalton, so, I mean, obviously, you and you and Robbie Bobby are, are really close. You guys are like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really don't know the backstory. Like, you guys are tight. Like, you know, Robbie Bobby, is, like, that's your right-hand guy. I mean, a lot of your success was, you know, he was he's right there by your side, you know, through your championship and you coming back to race and – you know, he was right there and, and you guys are, are still close. And I mean, how, what's that relationship? Like, how do you guys get close? How'd that start out? Well, uh, so I think I met him in 2016. Yeah. I met him in 2016 when, uh, Miriam from flat track live was helping me out. I was trying to get a new set of leathers and he, uh, he actually reached out and gave me some money and he was like, put my name on your app. So I was like, all right. He gave me did, some money for my didn't leathers. You f- didn't you first meet him? App. Didn't you first meet him at a, didn't you, wasn't it a Heron compound? Actually, yeah, that's actually a crazy, yeah, I met him at Heron compound with Corey, actually crazy story. <laughs> that's what I thought. But, uh, yeah, 
I met him at Heron Compound. I've I thought I'd seen him before at races before. I didn't know who he was, but yeah, I met him at Heron Compound with Corey. Um, we rode some road race and did some flat track. Met him there, and then I seen him in 2016. I think, yeah, that's when I like actually started hanging out with him. It was 2016, so that's when he paid for my leathers, and then uh, yeah, and then when I wasn't racing, he was uh, he was telling me to come down. And uh, he would message me like every month, like, dude, come down. Let's let's get you back on the bike and stuff. So um, pretty much he kept texting me and texting me. And I was like, all right, this guy's never going to budge. So I was like, all right, I'll come down, um, see how it is. And then uh, we just kicked it off pretty much. Uh, hung out every day and I was with him and working at the shop with him, helping out. And then, uh, yeah, our relationship's pretty crazy. We're like brothers. We talk a lot of shit to each other. And... Yeah, it's really fun and I'm really blessed to have him in my life. Honestly, he's an awesome guy and he helps me out a lot with whatever I need. And yeah, he's a big brother to me pretty much. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool story. Honestly, man, it's, it's cool that, I mean, I have a pretty good relationship with Rob too. Um, Yeah. So that aspect of it this year was, was kind of crazy because I worked with Rob and he's helped me out a ton And then this year, you know, you're my bud, you know, I've kind of watched you grow up and then he's your guy and we're competing against each other. And it was, it was pretty crazy, man. Like the, um, but I got, like I said, like when you, I think it was OKC, you had a good result. You were kind of struggling. Like, I want to talk about this season a little bit. Um, You were kind of struggling a little bit there in the beginning and then you had a good result at OKC. And I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I went over to you on the podium and I was like, Hey man, that's what, that's the shit I like to see, dude. Like, I want to see that every week. So, um, it was like, man. And then like, I was like, fuck, maybe I like, I hyped him up too much. Like, I mean, <laughs> I want you to, I want you to do good, but I'm like, shit, man. Like I know this kid, I know the talent this kid has, like, I don't need him to, to get on a roll and start and start picking these off. But, um, that whole dynamic, like, I guess we'll start off with what was what went into the what went into your decision to kind of go from, you know, last year you did the you got the factory Harley gig, you did the Super Twins deal on the XG. What was that decision like to go into production Twins, and when did you guys make that decision? Man, we didn't make it till I think the decision was made till like January or something like that. Not really that long before the season started, but uh, man, I was pretty much just tired of getting my ass whooped in Super Twins. Uh, last year so me terry and rob all got together and we came with the decision to go race uh, production with knowing that the the contingency was really good but and then harley came back and uh, dumbed down their contingency because so that kind of sucked but uh yeah i just wanted to get back to winning and back to doing good i mean last year i just was so frustrated i was training my ass off last year and getting no results riding a bunch and just getting no results which sucked and uh, just didn't really never went through that in my career. I've never really finished 10th place every race pretty much or last or whatever. So just wanted to get back to winning and uh, on the podium and stuff and putting in good results. Like I know I should be. So Dalton, you, I mean, you had, a, you had an injury this year and we spoke earlier about like how taking some time off, um, you know, couple years ago like you know lit a fire under you again you think that 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 kind of same thing will happen uh being that you're you know you didn't get to ride the the end of the season in 2021 and yeah it kind of puts you into 2022 like with a fresh mind and a little bit of more drive than you would normally had yeah for sure uh honestly crazy crazy to say this the first time i've got hurt in aft like at a track um ever in my career 
But, uh, yeah, I'm ready to get back on the bike. Uh, might be at Virginia this weekend for the Friday night practice just to see how the ankle holds up and uh, going to try and ride and see how that see how things feeling. But uh, probably no racing. But we'll see how it is. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just ready to get back on the bike and start training. And uh, I'm going to be training my ass off this winter. I know that. Um, just ready to get back to winning again. And, yeah, I think uh, – be ready for the season to start next year and uh i can't wait for everybody to see what i'll be riding and stuff so yeah excited so the production twins class it doesn't get the respect it deserves i feel um there's a lot of guys and and super twins that like the poke jabs and and uh and it just seems like it's kind of like the bastard child class of aft um what are your thoughts on the competitive competitiveness of the class um, like going into it, what were your thoughts and what do you, how can you best describe like the competition in that class? Man, that's a hard question. Um, production twins is a lot harder than people think though. That's, that's one thing that I, I thought going into the season, I would probably be on the podium about every race and that didn't happen. I think I finished fourth and fifth, the first two rounds and on the podium, the third race, but yeah, the, competition's fierce i mean you got bromley he's won a championship you got chad he's been in the sport forever and he knows how to go fast on pretty much any motorcycle he rides and then you got you you won a championship in the class your bikes are pretty pretty decent and you're in shape and stuff so the class is tough and then you got guys like varnes and ben low that'll be there up in the mix every few races and so so johnny lewis uh, yeah johnny lewis too and uh I don't just the, the the class is a lot harder than people think I think so um I went in and yeah I didn't get going until like halfway through the season I thought so it was a bummer that I got hurt but uh yeah man the class is tough a lot tougher than people think so um shout out to you for winning the championship it's a tough championship to win and uh yeah I thought this year was tougher than any other year before too with uh, me being in the class and then Johnny's bike getting better and then Chad being in there full time without having to be in singles. So, and plus Bromley being in there too. So yeah, it was pretty tough this year. I thought. Yeah. The, 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 the production twins class is it's, it seems to me it's like a, it's a rider's class, you know, it comes down to the rider. I mean, I feel like we've seen Harley win. We've seen the Yamaha win. We've seen, the Cowie. I don't know if the if anybody won on a Cowie this year, um, but I mean, there's there's a bunch of different bikes in the mix in that class. I mean, coming from somebody that's never ridden, you know, any of those bikes. I mean, would you say that they're? You think that they're pretty? You know, they're all pretty closely co- competitive with each other, or do you think any of them have an advantage, or, or you know, how do you feel about all the bikes in the class? I wouldn't say an advantage. Um... I mean, the, it it just depends on what track you're at, pretty much. They're all pretty similar, I think. Um, the Cowie seems to be the best on, like, the the cushion tracks, I feel like. And then the Yamaha and the Harley is really good pretty much everywhere you go. The Harley struggles a little bit on the cushions. And it's really good on the car track. And the Yamaha is pretty, just pretty decent everywhere, I feel like. It's not, has no faults on that at any other tracks, I feel like. But, uh, um. Yeah, and it's pretty cool to see all the brands in the class for sure uh, and all the brands fighting for wins too. So, yeah, that's cool about it. And uh, same with singles. There's so many brands in that class. So it'd be cool to see Super Twins go that way. But 
we'll see how the, the rules shake up and stuff. So excited yeah. to see where the sport goes. I think like the biggest thing I tell people with production twins is like the guys at the front are like the, the riders and the teams, they're pretty on point. Like the top yeah. five guys are, they're on point. They have their shit together. And then you have, you know, like three or four guys who are phenomenal riders, but they're just a little inconsistent. Like you'll have Danny S like on the podium one week, or you'll have Ben Lau, obviously a good rider on the podium. Ryan Varnes, like he can show speed, but that's just insane. Sometimes it's like, damn, how do you go so fast? Um, so there's guys that are, uh, there's some inconsistency, but I think the biggest difference is to make the main in production twins and even borderline finish around, around the top 10. It's, it, the um, it's not as difficult. I don't feel like to get into those main events. Like we're lapping guys in our main events, sometimes halfway through the main. And you don't see that in the other classes. Like the, the drop-off is more significant in production twins. Um, and then like you have the people that compare the lap times to like our bikes, to the super twins. And uh, you, it, it's really hard to make a comparison because um, just what the Indians are able to do and what we're not able to do with like the production bike. It's, it's hard to even make that comparison, but I would love to see like somebody like, like me, Sir Briar or uh, Sammy Halbert likes to talk a lot of shit about production. I'd like to see them on a parallel twin after years of riding an Indian, because I think honestly, it's, you jump on a, a bike that doesn't have that, you know, it doesn't have that grip off the corners. It's, it's challenging to ride for sure. Have you, have you ridden an Indian? Like what, what can you say about the comparison between that? Like compared to the production bikes? Uh, I've rode the stock Indian. Um, it didn't have anything like suspension or anything done with it, but it was pretty freaking good. And I was really impressed with it with just like, I only did like 10 laps on it, I think on a shitty ass track, but, um, it was freaking awesome. Like it would hook up off the corner and we didn't even touch the bike really. So, and I got to ride the Harley next to it. So, I mean, I got, I got to see what it, what it has off the corner and stuff. So yeah, it's a really, really good bike. And, uh, I'd like to see how it handle with forks and suspension and everything done to it too. So yeah, it's a solid bike for sure. Hey Dalton. So, um, from what I've heard, uh, we got Robbie Bobby's going to call in on the show here uh, any minute now. He's on. but uh, He's on right now. Oh, crap. We can't even talk crap before he gets here. <laughs> oh, no. no you can talk, talk all the shit you want to talk. Talk all the yeah, shit you right. want to. Daddy's here. Daddy's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Daddy came home from work, and I brought you a cup of milk for Mommy. Oh, I'm thirsty. I'm <laughs> thirsty for all the answers right now. <laughs> I hear the kids in the background and everything. This is great. This is <laughs> no, that was actually hey. Danielle in the background. That was uh, the anniversary gown. Well, it hasn't started yet. Uh, I had <laughs> Corey beg me and beg me to call in, and I was like, oh. So then he was Talk trying to downplay the significance of spending 10 years with Danielle and how much she loves her life spending 10 years with me. Isn't that right, babe? <laughs> Did you get the chocolate <laughs> strawberries? Uh, I don't know what we're doing yet. I'm going to see if I can con her into taking me out to dinner. So we'll see. <laughs> Whipped cream? Whipped cream, Danielle? She said no. <laughs> Maybe uh, sour cream. <laughs> hey, Robbie, Bobby. <laughs> first, first things first, man. I want to ask you, we won't keep you long, but I have a couple questions about um, this season a little bit and your relationship with Dalton. But 
first thing, man, um, Triumph, Charlotte, Super Hooligans. Give us the rundown, cool. man. Give us the what rundown. What a disaster. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So I went from honestly thinking, like, when I first got the bike and rode it in a straight line, I'm like, oh, this thing's got some beans to it. I was like, well, it's really stable, but it re- wheelies really good. And <laughs> Pensacola had gotten so much rain, I didn't get to test it. Well, I knew when I pulled on the track and even slightly started going into turn three that, oh, fuck, this is a bad idea. That thing <laughs> – well, the problem was it would sling me off into the corner just fine, but then it's like, whoa, that's way too fast for this thing. And I didn't know if the front was tucking, the rear was coming around, if I was going to high side or low side. So my goal of making like a top five, and then it went to, shit, maybe a top ten. And then after the first practice, I was like, fuck, I'm going to be watching this main event. <laughs> but the good news is it's got potential. It's only 420 pounds, so I can shed some more weight off of that. And then – uh um, big Davy Durrell is hooking me up with some triple trees and going to get the shots lowered because it was definitely the tallest bike and 100% the longest bike there. And it probably had the most freaking horsepower. probably had more power than Indian. But uh, it, it, just, it just didn't turn. <laughs> you and that bike a lot, a lot in common. <laughs> tallest, I know. Tallest and the longest. Yes, that's exactly what people say about me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Dude, I can believe you're out there riding that thing. You know what I think? I'll think would help you. Everything, Honest, like personal opinion. Yeah. If you lifted your visor up so you could actually see the track. <laughs> oh my God, dude! I, I, you just not have seen me pull my hand off the. It was like pulling tear offs out there, but just to push my visor back up. And I must have like stripped out screws or something in the visor because it would not. And it kept like. <laughs> I don't know. There's, I know there's like some goon riders that ride like that, man, but that was so scary. My neck hurt from leaning my head back so much just so I could see through the freaking vent. <laughs> I was wondering, usually it's Dalton that gives me shit about my goggles and helmet appearance, so it's kind of oh. refreshing to hear from somebody else. I'm just used to it at this point. I expect it now. God, it was terrible. Like, so that was <laughs> – maybe it saved me from being as scared going to the corner because I couldn't see anything. <laughs> um i want to ask you like i said ask you about the season man what uh i asked dalton but i'll, I'll get kind of your rundown on like the the decision to kind of go from super twins to production um from your end of it what what went into that decision and maybe talk about i don't know like the the season in a nutshell like what what it was like kind of racing in production twins and with the xg and uh kind of that whole deal um, well, starting off with the decision, um, honestly, it was available ride and, and finances because, um, you know, I, I still I say this sometimes. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I could not find any Indians, number one. Um, now, that's not to say they're not out there. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I know Briar and Jared, they probably have backup one and backup two. But long story short, we didn't have um, Indians. And we also, you know, have a good relationship with Vance Hines. And when they decided they were going to not go super twins race and then the opportunity presented itself to keep developing that platform that I like the idea. Cause I really like the production twin version better. If, if, and I know the whole team doesn't feel this way, but if I was to go super twins racing on a Harley, I would actually like the production version better um, for several reasons. But uh, um, like I said, man, um, the first idea was, Hey Rob, you know, we got uh, 
you know, we can, we can, you know, get you guys a good deal on some Harleys and go race, give you good contingency. And then uh, Harley kind of pulled the contingency away. So then Vance and Hines stepped back up, luckily. But uh, to make a long story short, from my end, you know, being a helper to Dalton, whatever I can do, it was, you know, financial first and availability. I mean, I'd like to see, you know, him heads up with Jared and Briar on the same bikes just to see, you know, because I, I feel that he, he's, uh, he's in capable hands. But, um, you know, there's lots of other guys out there that also would like to have some Indians, so we're not the only ones apparently. Robbie, and then is there was there another part to that question? It was an awkward silence. <laughs> no, it's Frankie's turn. <laughs> no, no, I just I just didn't know. I just got I got lost. I got lost, dude. I was, I was deep in thought. Uh, dude, we were talking earlier about like I asked Dalton this, and and I I think that your guys's like relationship is is like really cool. You guys are fun, and like you know Dalton's like the Machine Gun Kelly of flat track. And you're like, you're like Larry, the cable guy on 19 inch wheels, but it's just, you guys just are just having fun all the time. And like the jokes and the banter on like social media, like you guys are like, you guys are a whole, you guys are a package deal. And, uh, I think that's really cool. But like Dalton kind of told the story of how like, he's like, dude, it's like Robbie Bobby was just bugging me. And he was like texting me and blowing my phone up, trying to get me to come over to his house, like a weirdo. And, He's got all pervy and stuff like that. But, like, what did you – like, obviously, Dalton's talented and, and has a lot of potential. And But, like, what, what made you want to help him and, and kind of get him going? Because ever since he's, like, come back, you've been a huge part of his program. And, and honestly, I mean, he, I, don't, I don't think he, he would have had half the success without you. I mean, you've you really pushed him along the way. And I think it's really cool. Well, I mean, I think – First and foremost, you know, he could definitely be successful without me. I'm I'm just a dude that, that sees certain opportunities and presents them to him. And I'm also a dude that saw the talent. Um, it's actually funny. I think it's like probably, I don't know, Dalton could probably correct me, but I don't remember. He was, when he was first getting into it, and Miriam from Flat Track Live um, was asking for help with leathers. And her and I were friends because she was dating Sammy at the time. Um so it was, uh, she was like, Hey, you know, this kid, you need some help. And so I'm like, well, sure. You know, if, if you vouch for him, I'm, I'm cool. So I don't remember how much we even gave him, but I know we helped buy some leathers and some other stuff for, to get him to the races. And then, um, and then I guess maybe it was the next year. Well, actually we knew he, I think he won a couple, a couple of races that year anyway, but the next year, I believe he went to Essenson. And first thing that blew me away was how badass those yellow bikes looked. I don't know if you remember those or not, but, he had like yep. a straight Kenny Roberts helmet. I mean, he was, I'm like, damn, this fucking guy is like, he looks good. And then now, obviously after knowing him, like I do that, you know, appearance is number one, he could be the dude in last place, but he's going to look the best out there. hundred <laughs> percent. So we know where his priorities are, but uh, anyway, so um, then of course we all heard what happened next um, after I think it was Charlotte, his third win maybe. And uh, so I was like, well, shit, you know, I mean, I, I thought that, you know, he would still be riding with Essence, and I didn't know uh, how that deal went down or whatnot. None of my business. But anyway, we didn't see him for a little while. And then um, I don't remember if it was her or him that reached out. Um, he wanted to get back into riding. And um, I was having a race down there, and um, I, God, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, he let him borrow a Yamaha. It was, it was decent. It was okay. And, and my whole thing was I wasn't scouting him. I wasn't ready to go racing or anything like that. 
but I was like, shit, like his out lap was still faster than my like best lap there on his warm up lap. Never even ridden that bike or my track for like three years. And, um, and then after that race, you know, I was like, man, you still look good. You look like you got a little bit tired. And, uh, and then, um, you know, come to find out it wasn't really too tired, but he was more, uh, the bike was set up for, you know, someone a little bit heavier. And then, damn, I can't even remember, but I believe we were like, all right, well, let's just go do a little fun test. You know, come on down here and you can ride my Husky, which is set up for my weight or was set up for my weight. And I think actually Corey was there. Corey won that race at Ocala. Dalton's like first actual, what I'd call first race. And I'm like, shit, man, you could watch him in the corner and he, the fucker wouldn't turn. He was like, he was right on a strut on the front and the rear, but he still somehow made it work and, and got second. You know, Corey was on a tier CRF, like 590, you know, big four Honda with like everything, carbon fiber, magnesium, like unobtainium. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was on my stock Husky with fat boy Olin. And, um, and then after that, I was like, I think we talked and stuff because, you know, he, he flew down to Florida and, um, um, next thing you know, I, I talked it over with, um, you know, him and then, uh, next thing you know, we were going racing. So, but the talent's always been there. I think anybody that's seen him, I never, I never actually can tell you, I ever saw him as an amateur and I didn't really pay too much attention when he was, uh, on his, uh, original Yamaha's, but when I saw him win the three races at Charlotte, I was like, dude, this guy's freaking, he's something. And of course, you know, Tim Essenson's got a good eye for talent too. And, and he, he got on him first. And, uh, but now I got him. Ain't nobody taking him. Takes great. He was a game. Is that a game? <laughs> uh, Dalton, is there a time where you and Robbie Bobby are riding anything together and he's actually quicker than you? Yeah, uh, everything. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't got on a road racer yet. I think he would beat me on that probably. Um, <laughs> just because I've never rode one. <laughs> Give me a couple of days and I'll plow him. But, oh, uh, yeah, you don't you plow me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even on your birthday. I was riding my bike into him. <laughs> Dude, but, Dalton, uh, so the three people you're talking about have all ridden – you know, at road race stuff before. And, and yeah, we all can probably say your talent would get you there, but, but not after three days, you wouldn't touch me. I'm not saying you wouldn't get faster than me because you're way more talented than not me. Not three days, maybe like a couple, couple weeks, maybe. No, it'd be like a year at least. Probably. Dude. Sammy yeah, thought this, probably. dude, Sammy thought the same thing. And he was all boohooing because I took him to his <laughs> first road race track day and he was on a GSXR 600 and I was on my Triumph and he was like, Oh, this jigsaw is a piece of shit. This thing sucks, man. It's shaking and this and that. I was like, all right, well, we'll switch bikes. I still blistered his ass. And he was like, he actually got pretty fast at Jennings. I don't know. Corey, didn't you go to Jennings? Yeah, I like Jennings. Jennings is cool. Yeah, I had him at uh, 121s by the end of the, his first ever time on a road race bike. Oh, wow. So well, I still like to think really... I'd whoop your ass. <laughs> um, eventually, yeah, you probably could. But I'm telling you right now, I'd take your lunch money. <laughs> Probably. Speaking of uh, Sammy, Rob, uh, could anybody crash like Sammy and like still show up at a banquet the next day? God, man, I don't know, man. Like, I don't I understand it. I don't get I, it, dude. I don't either. I talked to him and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And it was literally the banquet day. Like, we're FaceTime and I'm just checking on him, thinking that he's gonna be. Uh, realistically, I thought either Thunder or his girlfriend was gonna answer the phone because I thought, well, this this dude's still unconscious or something. And he's getting ready for the banquet, and I'm like, "Oh God!" I said, "Only, only Sammy." <laughs> his dad, actually, I heard 
said it best. His dad posted a picture, said something like, you know, not one to miss a party. And it was Sammy in a wheelchair. It looked like, it looked like me and him got and fought each other. <laughs> I read something today. Somebody, I, I forgot why I read it. Somebody posted something, but it said that, you know, like everyone at the banquet, it was like pretty quiet and mellow and like, not really like, you know, the vibes weren't that crazy. And then, and then as soon as Sammy showed up, it just changed. It just changed the whole mood of the whole party. Oh, I can believe it. And that's the good thing. That means everybody really cares, you know, as much shit as we give him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was... Good, I'm surprised when you rode road racers. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that was... Honestly, I, I didn't even watch the... Uh, I didn't watch the crash live. I was sitting on the ground. I, I didn't want to watch, like, the race. I was stressed out. And then uh, I heard everybody yelling. And then I saw the crash. Like, I didn't want to see it. Like, and then somebody showed it to me a couple of days later. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, uh that's just and then for him to just like kind of just like shake it off it's like what like he yeah. he literally he <laughs> just shook it off like it was no big deal dude he flew out of the tv screen frame man <laughs> like <laughs> stevie bonds he didn't even do that and i love stevie <laughs> it's insane he, honestly but he didn't stick the landing he didn't even like try and like do like a cat you know what i mean like I pick on him because he's okay, but I texted him like, man, you didn't even try and stick that landing. He just straight belly flopped like he was going into a swimming pool from like <laughs> oh, he two just, stories. He just went, he just went full, just, just didn't move. Just like a, like a stone. He just froze. <laughs> you just froze. I'm like, you didn't even, there was no, like, you didn't roll up the windows. You didn't do any of that. You just froze like a Frisbee and just, just full belly flopped. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna ride it out and see how it goes. <laughs> he probably would have tried to ride if his uh if his bike wasn't fucked up. <laughs> his bike was so mangled. Oh, man. that bike was like a good foot shorter than. <laughs> uh, I know you got your anniversary thing, man. I'll, I'll let you go here, but I got one more question for you, Dalton. No, no, gonna... no. We keep going. Danielle's not ready yet. Okay, cool. Well, I gotta. I'll ask this question anyway. If you could change one thing about AFT in 2022, what would the Robbie? Oh, first off, dude, I don't you. I don't know if you heard, but at the banquet, the one of the questions Thunder asked is, "Who would best be fit to run AFT?" And I said, "Ctex and Robbie Bobby, dude." So, um, what would your one change be for next year if you could make a change? You know, it's it's controversial, but I've said it once, I've said it again, and 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 it's not because I don't love the Indians. But I would make a uh, production twin. The Super Twins would be production. I like I like a lot of things about Super Twins, but I still think the way into the future in our sport is production power plants. Um, I feel like if you went that way, you would possibly see Honda get not like you know maybe not a full factory yet or anything, but um, Honda could come back in. I, I really do feel like some of these badass KTM, the even the Super Hooligan like the Brino and Cole King and. Um, those guys, like, those are still – I believe there's have to be stock frames, and they're pretty freaking good. Um, so, that would probably be – are you talking about from a class standpoint? Just in general, man. Like, what what are some of the things you like? Like, for instance, one, one of the things I like that I don't think it's, gets talked about enough is um, – and you're a pretty vocal guy, to say the least, on social media. Uh, I saw you're out of jail, too. Congrats, by the way, on, uh, on Facebook jail. Hey, for, it was a hard 30 hard yeah your 80th time being i was wondering why no like nothing was going on on the on the flat track pages dude it was kind of boring but um well the one thing i like is you know the the rows of four like uh, i was talking with hacker today a little bit 
um, about like, I like that there's four guys on each row. Like initially I wasn't really into it, but I think it's made like a huge difference with like first corner crashes and, um, you know, it sucks when you don't do well, but it's really like actually helped the racing. I think like be safer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was never against that. I mean, I never even gave it two thoughts until they brought it up and I was like, well, you know, that makes sense. Cause that's like one of the big things in, in road racing as well. You know, you just, all those people going to the corner that fast. And then a lot of guys are like, well, motocross does it. Yeah. Well, motocross guys are in like second, maybe third gear from, you know, on a big, yeah. And, and, and full of traction, you know, with motocross tires, this same thing with road race guys, but, but um, you know, anything in AFT that they do that is for, you know, for safety, I'm okay with, you know, I don't necessarily like the mouth guard thing. I know you love them. I've never even worn one, so I shouldn't even comment on it. I just, I just feel like I'm one of them old guys. It's like, oh, I'm never going to wear a mouthpiece. But I see, you know, like, from I think Briar posted a picture how hard he bit down when he wrecked. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, people, I remember when they first mandated airbags, ev- not everybody, but a whole bunch of people lost their shit. Like, I can't believe that they're so expensive, blah, 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 you know. And then Sammy's a perfect example. He came straight down on his freaking suit. And he doesn't have a broken collarbone, a broken sternum, a broken shoulder, a broken collarbone. I mean, his leg is broken. Like, I mean, it's not, that still sucks. But, you know, I, I'm, anybody that is against airbag suits that didn't watch that wreck is just ignorant, you know, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that was, that was definitely, that was definitely gnarly. Yeah, he came from full blown out of Mars, landed, and like, I mean, if it weren't for his broken leg, probably could have walked away. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, that's gnarly. One so thing I answer Corey. Like, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say to answer Corey's question. Uh, if I were to make a change, the changes I would make would be uh, one Premier Twins class. You can still call it Super Twins, but I'd I'd have it production mo- engines. And then uh, I think in some way, shape, or form, and it doesn't have to be hooligans, but I think the two main classes needs to be super twin slash production twins, you know, combined with production engines. Then of course the 450 singles class. And then I'm all about either, you know, maybe if there's 18 races that make six, six and six, like a 450 amateur, you know, little six race series, make a hooligan six race series, then hell make a, make a throwback class like with XRs and if anyone wants to bring an RS or even some old triumphs or something, I don't know. Just, I think that, you know, it just, they need to maybe, uh, hell, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, I think Uh, a 450 stock class would be pretty cool too. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that was the other one. Good. Yeah. Coming amateurs. Yep. Well, you think, it's really hard. You know, it's kind of deceiving, too. Um, for instance, you got these guys that are really, really, really fast amateurs, like, say, when Trevor Bruner came up or probably how Chase Sadoff's going to be. But there's other ones that came, the pros, that, you know, are really struggling. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, they shouldn't aspire to go pro. I'm just saying, like, man, jumping into the singles class is a freaking – it's not – it's no joke, man. It's In my opinion, it's the hardest class to win. Um, but man, like if there was a, a better stepping stone to that, like Dalton was saying, and I, I talked to Mike Turner about this too, and uh, like a 450 production, you know, pro class, 
the thing is, I yeah. think with with production bikes, I think like the racing is already almost too close in the 450s with with the parity of like you can do whatever you want to the engine. Like, can you imagine a production 450 class at Sacramento Mile? Like, I almost I almost feel like they shouldn't 450 shouldn't even ride on the mile. I know it's a, not a popular decision, but it is like you know, it, it's, it's nerve wracking to watch and it, you know, everybody's wide open. It's, I don't know, I, with all the incidents in moto three right now and, and, you know, stuff like that and road racing, it's just pack racing is, I just feel like production for fifties would, would kind of make that, yeah. would make that tough. And then same thing, man, like these kids moving up to the pro stuff, you know, they have to race like, you know, the, the Dallas Daniels, the Shana's, the um, Henry Wiles, the guys that have been in Mikey rush, but like, if you're not ready to go pro and, and compete, then keep doing the Steve Nace races or keep training. Like everybody, I think a lot of these guys, they want to move up and get their pro card, but then they're, you know, they're bitching about the competition. It's like, dude, when you go pro, like you're racing the best guys. Like, I feel like any pro class, um, it should be stacked. Like it's pro racing. Like there shouldn't be like an easy pro class. Um, uh, every class should be stacked. And I think that's kind of what we have right now. Um, but, uh, but I do like the idea of like a support deal, like six race hooligan, six race amateur. And then, uh, I would even do like, I like that, that XR thing. I got an XR in my garage. Like I was like, ah, oh, it could be my career. After well, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of, I don't want to, I don't want to sound, um, like I'm hating on anybody by calling it a sideshow, but I think that AFT needs like a sideshow filler class, but, but you know, and and like breed, they brought out the build train race girls a few times. That was cool and popular, you know, yep. stuff like that. But you got to give them, uh, you got to give them more than six laps, though. <laughs> yeah, we got lucky and got eight in Charlotte. Well, we I would have been happy with three, to be honest with you. But <laughs> yeah, we we know we saw. We ain't bringing no more butter knives <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I'd I'd like to jump in and make a couple comments about this the production, you know, production four fifty class. I think one thing that I always like. I, I, there was one point in my life where I was like anti, uh, anti AMA flat track racing just because I thought it was getting run kind of weird and they were like doing weird stuff and and I was like full anti and I like talked a bunch of crap but I mean I, I, I and that was probably just me being immature as well but um, I think AFT is doing really good right now and, and you know they've come a long way in the last few years and um, you know they're trying different things and I know there's people that disagree with some of the stuff they do but. One thing I always like said back in the day was like, and I remember it was like when Chris Carr was still there. And I remember a couple of times Chris Carr, like, like I, it was like on Instagram or not, not, it was like on Facebook or something. Like we like battled it out in like the comment section a couple of times because I had my opinions. And, and I, one thing I always said was like, I think that the 450 class, the singles class should have to run front fenders and like keep the look of like a motocross bike because that was like something that, you know, as, as from a manufacturer standpoint, like you want that race bike to look as much like the bike that's on the showroom floor as possible. So when it does well, people are going to want to go buy it. I mean, that's uh, at the end of the day, that's, that's really what, you know, the end goal of racing motorcycles is and manufacturers getting involved. But yeah, for um, sure. those bikes so look like, stupid man. as fuck without a front fender. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Dude, remember the uh, the no front fender and the flat front number plates? Like, could you make a bike look worse by doing that to a DTX? Exactly. I'm like, this looks cool. This looks like these bikes look so dumb. And I was always like, man, they need to mandate front fenders. And everyone's like, well, what about the mile? I'm like, well, when everyone's got a front fender, who it doesn't matter. 
you know? And yeah. uh, so that was something, but I, I agree. Like I do, I agree with both of you in a way, like, in a way, like I do agree with uh, having a 450 class, a production 450 class where it's like, you literally get suspension with a price cap of front rim. You know, you, you have to run, you can only put a hoop. You got to run the stock hubs. You got to run the stock rear wheel, like, and, and all your controls, your pipe, everything has to be stock, but you make it like a six race filler class for like up and coming amateurs as a stepping stone, but you only run it like maybe one half mile. And then you do the rest TTs and short tracks, you know, keep them off the miles or maybe run one mile here. But, um, so I agree with, with, with what Robbie Bobby said, but at the same time, I do see where Corey's coming from, and I agree with that as well. Is you don't want to throw these these guys into the deep end and, and put more kids on miles because that's gnarly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing we don't run AFT then either because we'd be we'd be doing all kinds of shit. But um, <laughs> Rob, who would who would, you pick, six beers. who would you pick to run AFT, dude? If he asked you. Oh, I pick myself one hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, no bullshit. Like, I absolutely. I mean, and I'm. That's not me being confident or cocky, saying that. Oh, they're doing a bad job by any means. I think overall, I think they've done some really, really, really good stuff. But I'm like one of those guys that's like dreamers, dude. Like, I can see like, obviously the Houston Astrodome's closed down, but dude, we would be in a dome somewhere, and like for one, first and foremost, like boom whether it's the night before Supercross or the weekend after or whatever, like there'd be something like that. But you know how even my local yokel races are spectacles, man. I mean, look at me. What other sport can you get the fastest, some of the fastest guys in your sport in the world's shittiest cars who could probably just flip over and die and they're out racing having fun? <laughs> like, just, yeah, there would be, there would be ESPN Sports Center would have highlights every week. I guarantee you. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, maybe a venue, venue uh, selection could be better. I mean, it, the times are getting, you know, this isn't like it was back in the day in the eighties and guys going all these old school, you know, uh, old school dirt tracks. And, you know, I do think that putting in front of like a, a, a crowd, uh, you know, in a place where they do big events like that. I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, it would right. be cool. Rob, your racetrack, dude, is there's bullet shells in the parking lot, dude. That's fine. And homeless people. And homeless people in the woods, dude. You got to literally jump over homeless people when you go woods riding at your track. Well, that's just a a variable. We call those variables. (laughs) You remember remember when we were there and the the kids, they were throwing water bottles at us while we were riding? Oh, yeah. Yep. Water bottles, rocks, all sorts of stuff. We chased them down on (laughs) on the dirt bikes. Yep, I seems sketchy. Rob's just doing it for the culture. It's so Rob's good, good, man. Like, sketchy. I would, I mean, realistically, if I could put like a hundred grand in my track, I would 100% host the AFT National there, dude. It's so good on a twin. Like, until Sammy Halbert came on his Indian, Dalton and B. Smith were under the last record on the Harleys. So, the track is, is really surprisingly good on a twin. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, well. Yeah, Robbie, you, Robbie clearly needs to ride his twin there a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> wow. He had my forks on his bike. <laughs> no yeah. wonder they didn't work. Yeah. Well, he was set up for a 110-pound kid. Yeah, he was bottoming them out going in the corner. 
Uh, <laughs> hey, Rob, you're coming this weekend, RVA. Bring my uh, airbag suit. Oh, dude, you need to call me and remind me because it's still sitting right there in your leather. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'm definitely it. coming. We're coming up there. All yeah, right, Dalton, Dalton you know got me. Yep, good, because I'm not even thinking about it again. Word. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, are you gonna Are you gonna do the lap time shootout or what? Is there money up for it? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. There was nothing involved last time. Me and Hacker put it together with uh, Nickens and got it done. That was like probably the most hyped I've ever. I was all year. Like I was pretty hyped, bro. <laughs> like, like hey, I, is Trent was... coming again? Nah, Trent. Trent's not gonna come. That's the biggest thing, dude. Like. I could not let Trent beat me and just brag about it. So I, that's like, I had tire warmers on. I'm like changing my, dude, I was like, it was a practice night. It got real serious. Like, what was it? Like a thousand bucks? It was a lot of money. Oh yeah. Well, remember um, I put up money, Hacker put up money. We all put up money and then Mike Turner comes and puts up another 500 bucks. So yeah, it was serious. Charlie Roberts put up money, dude. Like I walked out of there with like a stack of Benjis, man. I was like, dude, what a day. Like, this is awesome. On a practice day, too. Yeah, that was rad. Yeah, that's a cool event, man. I'm stoked you guys are going. That'll be uh that'll be good. Uh one more one last question for you, dude. I'll let you get going. What um, you know, your thoughts on this season with Dalton? Obviously, the injury sucked in general, dude. As as soon as I heard it, I I called you right away. I was fucking bombed. Um, what are your thoughts like on Dalton's season and kind of uh you know just like the thoughts on the production class in general yeah so the season obviously didn't end the way we wanted it actually as funny as it is the season the season didn't end the way we wanted to or start the way we wanted we actually started off on the struggle bus um we were uh you know just trying to find even better settings and there was a couple times we kind of accidentally tuned ourselves out of uh what i would consider a good shot at a win um but then towards the middle of the season we started picking up podiums and then got the first win and we feel at least i felt like we had some really good momentum going and then of course um you know old pencil leg over there uh stubbed his toe and was out for the rest of the season <laughs> i mean what honestly went in behind the scenes of that race like you obviously were like come on dude ride like dalton what what would it like how hard was he on you at weedsport about about riding he just kept calling me a pussy pretty much and saying the man up and i'm like dude this fucking shit hurt <laughs> but yeah he uh pretty much was just like don't be a pussy and took that yes yeah. so hindsight heart, <laughs> so hindsight being what it is i feel bad about that i just need to put that on the record because you know i'm i'm trying to pretend like i'm some mr tough dude who played soccer my entire life with jacked up ankles and knees i'm like i've seen a sprained ankle before get your ass some tape i went down there and bummed b rob's ankle brace and he had looking like he was baking a loaf of bread in his boot it was so fat and swollen up and uh he was <laughs> dude was Dude was trying so hard not to cry because he knew I was gonna pick on him worse then. But, um, you know, be that as it may, I still I'm still proud of him for riding through the pain. I mean, I'm glad it obviously didn't injure him any worse. But, uh, but no, I was definitely pretty I was pretty hard on him. I don't want to say like I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I was just trying to really motivate him to, you know, get the adrenaline going to put the pain behind him a little bit. And once the race started, you could see he he did that. But you know, obviously he wasn't anywhere near 110%. And then, 
wasn't I think Peoria was the very next race. So once I knew we were out for Peoria, I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, no big deal. You know, no offense, but I knew Corey wasn't going to get a bunch of points there either. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've been there with Corey before, so. It wasn't that bad. Come on. Robbie, Bobby, no filter. You actually did a lot better than I thought you were going to, Corey. Yeah, Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. (laughs) Yeah, it was. was, to play that day. It was funny, man. Well, it wasn't funny, but like. I hurt my knee that first day and Dalton's on the podium. He, he can barely stand up. I'm like, I'm like, fuck dude, this, like I was in a lot of pain and I'm like, man, I, I can't, I can't show I'm hurt. I can't show I'm hurt. Like as soon as I went back to the truck, I laid in the truck and I was just like, like, I was like, fuck that sucked. And I was like thinking Dalton's hurt. I'm hurt. Thinking Bromley was going to get a gift, a, a gift with, with two guys. And then, and then I heard, uh, you know, I was like prepared to just keep digging along. And then I heard, uh, and I knew Dalton was injured and I was like, fuck, this is going to get interesting quick. And then, um, and then when I heard Dalton, you, you posted, he had to get surgery. I was like, dude, it like deflated me. Like, I was like, I can't believe it. Like, um, it was a bummer, honestly. And a lot of people were like, Oh, I bet you're excited. It's like, dude, no, like, like I like racing Dalton. I, I, I want to work for whatever I get. Like, so that was a tough man. I, I I'm I'm really bummed for you guys. And um yeah, I definitely think like some of those racetracks like Springfield and obviously Peoria, they would have been really good for you guys. So it it could have got interesting and um definitely a lot of uh, respect for what you guys turned your season around and and definitely uh you had me working twice as hard during the week to try and try and get some more speed going. So it was tough. Well it's funny you mentioned that too, because uh after Peoria, before we really, really knew that we were out for the season, I was like with Dalton, we were always like, he probably wasn't because he probably knew in his heart he was out. But I was still thinking, all right, zero points at Peoria. Then the next race, I was like, all right, well, if he wins every race from here on out, then we still have a chance. And then, of course, you know, obviously how much of a light chance that was. But it was just uh, – I'm always just in it for the long haul, man. I want to I wanna win, you know, fairly, but I'll, I don't know. Knowing what I know now, obviously it wasn't the right choice, but I'm still happy he got another, another, uh, you know, couple good races in. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, I'll let you get to it. I know, uh, now you got some shit going on tonight, but thanks for c- coming on as always. And, you know, I-, I know there's better things for you in your hooligan career in the future. So just keep, uh, keep working hard, man. And, uh, <laughs> and you'll get you have to work really hard. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to ride hooligans at your race, so maybe uh, maybe I can redeem myself a little. Maybe it's a short track bike, not a half mile bike. I don't and know what. Hopes up, dude, because I'm coming in. I hope you are. I don't yeah, know I don't what's know worse, dude, the uh, performance of of me at Weedsport on your Husky or your performance on your fucking Triumph at Charlotte. Oh man, well, I mean, I'm just saying, I did make the main. <laughs> Barely. Yeah, I know. I snuck in there, though. I mean, I was. That that one lap that I did maybe qualify. That was when I say on the ragged edge. It was I was about to put that park that bitch up in the bleachers on a cartwheel. Well, congrats on getting your hooligan <laughs> national number, dude. I'm real proud of you. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, man, for sure. <laughs> All right, dude. I'll see you this weekend. Right. Later, guys. What a guy. Oh man, can never get enough of him. No. I want to shit talk him so bad. Like he gives it to me pretty hard. And I still just like, I still like, 
I just feel bad. Like, I mean, the, I don't know, dude. Like, I should not feel bad at all. But, uh, yeah, dude, the whole, I don't know, Dalton, like, he would always post the videos of me, like, jumping rope and the bear and just, like, say all this shit, dude. And the it got bear, to the, the bear's funny. It got to the point, though, dude, where, like, every time he would do it, I would, like, win that day. So, like, he would do it, and then, like, I, like I'm kind of, like, a not superstitious, but, like, I pay attention to that shit. So, like, the next day, like, I would, like, go do it, like, behind the truck where, where he could take a video because I thought if he did it again, like, I'd have another good day. And there was, like, a point where I think I won, like, three in a row, and he did it at every race. And then, like, the one race he didn't do it was, like, the first one I didn't win. I'm like, fuck, I need to go pit by Robbie Bobby again so he can uh, <laughs> take videos of me making fun of me and shit. But yeah yeah honestly i i agree with everybody on them if i could pick one person to run aft robbie bobby's a guy it'd be a cool show for sure oh it'd be so much fun they'd be like it'd be like it'd be like like school of rock like in that movie with like jack black the way that he is but in flat track yeah yeah with robbie bobby just be out of control. Jack black, pretty much he's the jack black of american flat track racing for sure he does a lot of stuff for people, right. man. Like a lot of people give him shit on Facebook because he's really argumentative and he speaks his mind, but like he does a lot of good for, for riders and yeah. like the sport and giving people bikes to ride and a track to ride on. And, um, him and his family, man, they, uh, Dink and, and Julie, like they do a lot, like they're great people. And, um, you know, I, I hate to give him any sort of props cause he's such an asshole, but he is a really good guy. <laughs> Yeah, he totally is. But Dalton, back to you, man. I mean, I'm sorry you've had to deal with that guy for so long, but at the same time, like Corey just said, he's a good dude. Yeah, uh, it's been what pretty you... good ride so far. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to you, man. I mean, I feel there's still some things I, I want to know, and and something is like one of the things is like you know you're pretty young still, and AFT's been been you know kind of staking their claim as as far as a like really good american motorcycle racing series i mean they're just really putting a stamp in it and uh charging forward and doing a lot of cool stuff and you know they've done you know they're on nbc now and you know all this sort of stuff they made the show the program has been really cool and it's been interesting i mean knowing what you know and 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 you know being firsthand as a, as a you know a top rider in the series what do you see your future as like not just short term but long term what do you see yourself in five years ten years do you still want to be racing yeah for sure i want to be racing i mean uh i think i was born to do this stuff i mean i love riding my motorcycle and uh it's about the only thing i i really want to do by making money and stuff and having fun so yeah i definitely want to be in the sport for uh, a lot longer from from now on and uh, from from here on out and uh yeah hopefully uh i get a good career in and uh, i can make some money and then uh i'd like to honestly after when i'm done racing i'd like to be still in in the sport and stuff and maybe hook up with a company or something that helps me out in my racing or something i can go work for you know but uh yeah from here on out i just want to try and win a lot of races and a couple championships so yeah that's my that's my goal right now do you think it's maybe like I mean obviously you you've won a, a singles title and, and uh but is it definitely in the cards that like you know before 
your career's over, like you definitely want to have that like grand national number one plate in the, in the super twins class. Yeah, for sure. And I don't want to just have one. I want to have a couple, you know, I want to be able to say I was up on in the stats with Jared and all them, you know, Jared's made a really good career for himself and Briar's on the same, same path. I feel like, so I feel like here in a couple of years, once I get on a really good team and, and stuff and I have a really good program behind myself I'll be uh I'll be up in the top class battling for wins with those guys so yeah uh, just gonna keep my head down and keep working forward and uh we'll see how it goes a couple more questions man I'll let you go but the what's what do you think the biggest difference is with Briar and Jared compared to everybody else in that class like there's some good guys in that class that you know they they're phenomenal riders but um, like even like the Halberts and the Jeffrey Carvers and the Brandon Robinson, like what, what's, cause there's a pretty big gap in points every year from Jared and Breyer to everybody else. Like you, everyone sees, Oh, that guy got third in points. It's like, yeah, but he was like, and I, I don't know about this year, but I was like, man, it, they're 60 to 80 points behind. Like that's a fucking yeah. gap. So what is the, what are they, what do guys need to do to, to kind of just contend with Breyer and Jared? Cause it's been a two man race now for three, three, four years. Yeah, it's hard to say, honestly, because Briar and Jared are that good. I mean, Briar's just an animal, and he's really good at motocross, so he's good on TTs. Um, he's just good everywhere, and same for Jared. Jared's really good at motocross and pretty much anything he rides. So, And then Jared's really, really, in, he's really fit, and so is Briar. So um, those two dudes are just, I don't know, they just seem like they want to win more than anybody else, I feel like, but... uh B-Rob's really good. He's just not as consistent on the TTs, I feel like, and a couple other tracks he struggles at. And then uh, he'll have a breakout ride here and there. And then uh, Sammy the same way. And then Vanderkoy stepped it up this year for sure. So good to see Vanderkoy up there. He's a good buddy of mine. And uh, it was cool to be teammates with him last year. And seeing how he does on the Indian this year, it's really, really cool to see. So stoked for him. Um, but, yeah, those two dudes, uh, Jared and Breyer, they're just on a different level, I feel like, right now. And they want it more than the other guys. Yeah, those two dudes, like, they really, like, kind of elevated the sport in the last few years. I mean, both of them were working with Alden Baker and, and you know, with the whole on the training side of stuff. And uh, that's – I feel like that's gnarly for flat track. I remember when, like, Shayna, when, you know, she did the KTM deal and she started working with Alden. And then, you know, Jared was already kind of working with Alden. And, and, and then Briar got in the mix as well. And, like – I don't know. I just, I just, I just felt like that was a huge, like, not a necessary step because obviously, if you want to be the best, you just got to take, you know, pull out all the stops. And those guys just took it to a whole nother level. I mean, do you feel like fitness, like in motocross and road racing, like fitness is pretty gnarly? But do you think those guys have an advantage because they're they're they train so hard and so gnarly like that over, say, a guy that that doesn't have a, a trainer like Alvin Baker? I feel like uh, a big thing is like having a good solid training program helps you out mentally that's like a big thing for me I think is like when I'm training and I'm riding and I got my shit on point I'm like mentally there and I know I can go out and perform so I feel like it's the same for them and then also another thing I was going to say is like uh, I went down to pack track last year with like rode with Corey and all them and I just feel like Briar and Jared almost elevate each other too like when they ride together they're just when we're at the moto track they're out together just putting in laps like like laps on laps motos and they're just ripping out there together and uh, it didn't seem like anybody else was as fast as those two so yeah they're definitely uh on a different level right now yeah it's 
it's crazy actually how how fast everybody in flat track has got at moto even like i mean yeah. i feel like mostly every flat i mean frankie comes from a moto background so he might he might disagree but going out to like packs or anywhere and every flat tracker out there, like nobody's slow. Um, guys who used to be like slower, like even they're pretty quick. Like, uh, so it's, yeah. it's crazy. Cause back in the day, nobody, nobody motoed really like in flat track, like maybe one or two guys, but they were very average. And now everybody, like everybody is like pretty quick. Um, you know, it's just crazy how that's kind of changed the game a little bit. And even guys like you and, um just like the style and flow you guys have on the moto bike it's just uh it's pretty crazy honestly yeah i really like riding moto just like i honestly rather ride moto than i rather like practicing flat track like oh for sure 10 out of 10 would rather go ride moto just because i know i can get better at it and like i don't know like just seeing my myself progress when i ride moto like the more i ride and stuff is really cool so that's one thing i like riding about moto and then yeah, it helps out with fitness a lot over flat track. So I feel like in moto, those guys really, really need to train to be in top shape to be up front, you know? So I try to just uh, ride as long as I can when I'm out there and uh, just, uh, yeah, just tweak some stuff and try and get better every time I'm riding moto. So I really like it and I enjoy it a lot. So it's fun. And especially when we're out there with the boys, the flat track guys. I trip out. Like when I see all the videos, like obviously I've never been out there, but on, on Instagram and stuff, I see like everyone's out there, you know, you guys and Rispoli and JD and Briar and Shayna and Jared, like seems like half the AFT paddock is like, I don't know. Is that like a plan thing? Do you guys, you guys plan that or you guys just show up and everybody's there. I like trip out. And then I see the videos you guys riding and I'm like, they're not going slow style, terrible speed, <laughs> fast. but it's just like, it's like, dude, like these guys are like back, you know, rewind 10 years ago if you put a flat track guy on on a motocross track that guy wasn't finishing the flat track season bro pretty much like everybody so pax is always on tuesday and then everyone goes to orlando on thursday or vice versa or whatever um pax actually do like everybody pretty much in the super twins class they all pit together up at like the entrance of the track it's like me spryer jd davis vandercoy brandon um pretty much all those guys pit together and and i i pit i pit at the peewee track so Cruz can go rip around but like dalton when he came bk uh trent cody cop they all pit down so there's like a super twins pit well plus Shayna, and then there's like the the non-super twins pit and then everybody kind of and things kind of get like not heated, but there's things get dicey. Like, cause not everybody likes each other in flat track and we're out there riding with one another. And, um, yeah. it, it gets kind of dicey and competitive. Uh, it's kind of funny. Dalton mentioned that. Cause I feel like Meese is always waiting and trying to go out with Briar and Briar like, doesn't really like, he doesn't have his competitive drop. Like, I, I don't know if that's fair to say, but like Jared's a, he's a nut when it comes to being competitive. Briar just wants to like ride and flow and have fun. So like a lot of times Briar like kind of fucks with Jared, I feel like on the moto track and Jared's like full grit, like trying to like set the fastest lap of the day and Briar's just throwing whips and um, putting down like heaters and shit. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy, man. And you have JD beach out there. He's doing 30 plus twos and then intervals and um, you know, Dallas Daniels, when he shows up, he's got crazy speed on the moto track and 
Um, it's, it's crazy actually. Like there's nothing like PAX, uh, in this, in the winter, like anybody in PAX Florida, is- you can just come to PAX. Yeah. So you guys got to get that, that, that guy that goes to the video guy that goes to the flat tracks all the time to go, like, go do a, like a good sick edit of all you guys at the moto track. Cause I feel like, that's he doesn't want to that, film that, us, Dalton. Right? <laughs> We're not steezy enough on the motor track. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Larry. Oh yeah. Larry. He, I'm like, dude. Whenever he films me on moto, I'm like, dude, just make me look fast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like somebody needs to do that though, because like that's what people want to see. They want to see the behind the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, we brought him the pack too. He just said there wasn't that many places to film there. I mean, we and film up here. We all suck, so it's not. Track, so, but yeah. Yeah, he's used to filming like Hayden Deegan and those kind of kids that actually are really yeah. fast, Gavin Towers. And and then he comes out and he watches like me and Brandon Robinson over the jumps. And it's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'd just rather film you guys riding flat track. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, man. Well, I got a couple. Let's do a, let's do a high-low line. I'm just going to kind of run it as I go here because I didn't put too many of them together. But I like to ask this one to a couple of the current riders. When you're retired from racing, man, are you your your post career racing career? Are you going Astro Cup racing or hooligan racing? What what better suits Dalton Gautier? Uh dude, probably hooligan racing just so I can drink beer and stuff. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, probably that hooligan racing. I don't know the Astro guys. There's too many like older guys in that stuff, and they just take it too serious. I feel like that's why Robbie Bobby rides with them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to go hooligan racing maybe one day. All righty, who's faster in a, a junkyard car? What you guys do at your track? You or Robbie Bobby? Uh, me for sure. I was leading the last race, and then I crashed. So he was already out by the time I crashed. So uh, I would say me. I got one that's not a high or low line, but it's kind of open-ended. Who's the most underrated rider in the pro stuff right now? You can name one or two. In the flat track stuff? Yeah, like pro, like singles or whatever, like super twins. Underrated. Uh, um, like who should, who's uh, better than people give them credit for? Uh, that's a hard question. I would almost say Vanderkoy. That's, that's a pretty – I feel like people underestimate him, and he hasn't won yet, but I think it's coming. But um, who else? It's a tough question, honestly. I I just thought of it as I'm going here. Frankie, you got anybody? Uh, do I? I mean, honestly, I really agree with it, with with Vanderkoy, man. Like, the dude's really quiet. He's a sleeper. I and, was gonna say Mitchler, you know, man. Mitchler has some really good races. Yeah. And yeah, Merg too. Merg, like, like he's on the podium a lot, and uh, like not a he lot of people. It up this year for sure. Yeah, for sure. It almost like he's not getting the credit, like he's not getting the credit he deserves because he did. He finishes on the box a lot. And I just think he's. Yeah. I don't want to call him unpopular, but he's just a real quiet. Like his whole situation is a real quiet, and then boom, he's on the podium. Like yeah, you don't yeah. hear much about him. He's and then and then he's on the box, and then he's on the box again. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the same for Vanderkoy. He's just a quiet guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're, you're picking a racetrack this year that you had more fun on you pick in, uh, man, I, I guess I could open end this with like, what was the track you had the most fun on, but let's go with, uh, Atlanta TT or Port Royal. What was your track? Uh, Port Royal for sure. Just because it's a slippery car track and that's like my shit. I, think, I feel like it's, uh, 
a track that I really succeed on where you have to have a lot of throttle control and use the brake and stuff. So yeah, probably Port Royal, but Atlanta was very fun too, I thought. And uh, I love PTs, but Port Royal for sure. Are you drinking beer or whiskey? Oh fuck. I'd throw up if I drink whiskey, probably beer. Really? You don't do liquor, dude? Nah, dude, I can't. I'll throw up. (laughs) Frankie's Damn, dude, you got a ways you got a ways to go before you can become a a young buck, Frankie. (laughs) Dude, I'm a seasoned veteran. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's drinking booze. All right. Well, when I come hooligan racing, I'm I'm ready to be caught. It's kind of funny, man. I got, I got a uh, chambers, man. He's, he's been trying to lose weight. Um, he's like, man, I'm trying to lose weight. He's like, I drink a lot of beer. I'm like, dude, you just got to drink liquor all the time. It's less calories. He's like, really? Yeah. You think that'll help? I'm like, yeah, dude. Just like, instead of drinking six or seven beers, when you go out, like do two mixed drinks and a couple shots, like it's gotta be less calories. He's like, yeah, 100%. You're, yeah, you're right. you're right. So like I got him on like the liquor program, but for me, dude, it's, it's like, it depends what I'm in the mood for, dude. Like I'm, I'm a crown and crown and seven guy. Uh, but like, obviously I like, I really like land shark. Um, so it just depends. Like, I feel like I do liquor more in the uh, summer and then I like to drink beer more in the winter. I don't know if, it, if I'm a seasonal guy, but. Land sharks go. You got me onto those. They're, they're pretty solid. I like them. What's that? Sharks? Yeah. The sharks go hard. They're so good. Yeah. Hey, I like Bush Light too. Yeah, Dalton. Everybody in AFT paddock, as far as racers go, so super twins, singles, and production twins. What licensed AFT rider parties the hardest? Oh fuck, Eslick for sure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude that dude gets after it. God, what a legend. Yeah, he gets after it for sure. I remember last year at Texas, it was after the race, and uh, I was just hanging out with my buddies, and he comes strolling along with, like, a couple of fireball shots and stuff, like the little, like, plastic bottles. I'm like, Jesus, where'd you come with this? And he gives me one and starts handing them out. He's, he was uh, he was uh, pretty screwed, fucked up that night, but it was pretty fun. Pretty tuned. Are you, yeah, uh, are you single, Dalton? You, you got a chick. No, I'm single, dog. I can't. I can't have a girlfriend. Man. It's too much work for me. It's too much work, dude. Well, yeah, having, a girl, having a girlfriend, you can only have one of them. I know. But yeah, no girlfriends for me, dog. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I was gonna say, man. Uh, you are you a Tinder guy or? Oh, I was for a little bit. Honestly, Lane had me on Tinder for a good while, and then I got off. Had to get folks back on racing. Lane actually but... pulled chicks, dude. Oh yeah, like he's I got some stories at the house we live at. <laughs> he's racking them in. Like I, I had no idea until like he started. Like I started hearing the stories. I'm like, damn, dude. Like he's a busy guy. Like he's busy. Hair, I think, dude. The hair and the camera. Yeah, but yeah. He's he's got some girls over every once in a while. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, we just he just got blown out on the tank slapping podcast. <laughs> we got to get him on. Here, yeah, before the winter throwdown, Frankie, we'll get uh we'll get Lane's world on. He's Dalton's guy, man, video guy. I met him through Dalton, and now he's dude. He's doing video edits for all kinds of people, moto, flat track, uh, crushes it. Probably one of the most underrated video guys out there, dude. He's he's doing a lot of really cool stuff and um yeah just i met him through dalton like he's he was dalton's 
been Dalton's guy for like a long time. Does a lot of, a lot of cool video edits for you, dude. Like I know you like your TikTok and stuff. Like you've had some pretty successful yeah. videos on there. So it's, uh, he does a good job for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We've, uh, we've grown a lot since we've been friends. We've only been friends for about two years now. So, so pretty cool and uh, cool to see that he's made friends with all of my flat track buddies and stuff and uh seeing them grow and stuff is really cool so yep shout out to lane and uh can't wait to hear his pod when he gets on here <laughs> yeah it'll be good be good but uh cool man well i appreciate you coming on dude i know uh it's been a long time coming there's so much more we could talk about but um, yeah for sure we'll get you on in another episode maybe uh sometime before next season talk about what you got going on and, and, uh, and just, yeah, just chat some more, man. It's, it's really cool what you've done over the years, dude. I'm a, I'm a big fan. It's, it's hard. It was hard for me to race, race somebody that I'm like actually a fan of, like, there's not many guys yeah. I race with. I'm like, I actually enjoy watching. I'm a fan. I wanted you to do well, but not better than me. It's like, dude, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go out and beat this kid. He's one of the most talented guys I've seen on two wheels. And, um like the amount of work i had to put in to get to that level dude you literally pushed me to being a new a new rider this year just the preparation um like i was killing trent just like he trains with me during the winter and i'm like dude i can't fuck around like i have to go out every day and he like literally couldn't get out of bed some days i'm like let's go let's go like there's really good kids in my class this year like i can't i gotta step it up and uh it's you know a lot of that is because of you and I just appreciate that competitive nature you bring dude and the talent that you have. So mad love and, uh, and props on a good year. And, uh, I'm excited for the future for you. Yep. Thanks buddy. I appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for everything you do for me. You know, you helped me out in my career before, so I'm sure it won't be the last and, uh, yeah, thanks for everything. This year was definitely a uh, good memories and we'll do it again for sure. And, uh, thanks for having me on the pod. It was fun. We'll do it again. Rad. Appreciate you, dude. Let's chat soon. Yep. Thanks, Frankie. Later, Dalton. Yep. Good, Good talking to you, man. I'm sure yeah, I'll bud. see you around. Oh, I'll be around, dude. I'll have the beers ready next time I see you. Don't <laughs> worry. Sounds good, brother. All right. Later, dude. Later, Later guys. Yep. DG, baby. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, dude. Like, big fan. Like, I just thought, like, when he, when I first, like, when he started coming in and came in the picture, I'm like, who's this punk kid? Like, I was like, I got like the wrong impression of him. And then, and then like, then he was fast and I was like, okay, like I don't respect that. And then when all that stuff went down and, and, you know, he had to take some time off and, and he came back and, and won a championship. It was like, he's humble too, cool. man. He's a humble kid. Like he, he yeah, he's yeah. confident in his ability, which he should be, but he's super, super complimentary, like of, of his peers. And that's something you don't see at a lot of kids that age. Um, it's kind of a mental weakness, honestly, with a lot of these 16 to 22 year old kids, they think the other riders that they race with, they suck or I can smoke him or whatever. But like Dalton understands that there's guys that are good and, um, and he worked, he works hard to, to beat them. And, uh, and I have a lot of respect for, for that, man. It's, uh, like I said, it's hard to come by and, um, you know, it, he's super complimentary and then he goes out and he whoops, he whoops ass, you know? So it's, it's cool that, uh, what he brings to the table, honestly, he's, he's really, really talented. And once he fine tunes a little bit in his program, um, just even a little bit more, he's going to be, he's one of the few guys that I think could 
make a run at the number one plate in the in the Super Twins class. Um, he's got the talent to do it. So he's uh oh yeah, it'd be interesting. No, it's no doubt we'll we'll see him uh we'll see him in there for sure. You know he's uh he's he's come back from you know not racing and won championships like I said. So um he, he's got a talent he's got a lot of talent you know and uh yeah. you know the the fact that he can have a good time and have fun and and not take things too seriously and not be you know too hard on himself i, I like that it's kind of attitude i think more guys need to have yeah exactly exactly well we were gonna call chambers but this has been a pretty long pod already so we'll we'll delay the chambers chimes in for for next week i don't even know what he's doing he's got a new chick man he's uh He's posting all these schmoozy Instagram stories with his chick and going to Sunday school together and just, you know, just honeymoon stages, man. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get him on the next show and we'll, we'll catch up with him a little bit, see what he's been up to. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to bother him in like the middle of a candlelit dinner right now. He's too cheap to do that unless he's making her buy dude. He's, uh, I got to give him some shit, dude. And, uh, he came up to visit the other day and he, uh, he was, he was at my house before I got there. I was with Cruz. We were going to do something. I'm like, all right, dude, just like, here's the key go inside, like whatever I'll see in 15 minutes. We go in and, uh, we have these like healthy sodas that Amber lets Cruz drink. And, uh, there was one in the fridge and I walk into the house in my living room and he's drinking, the last soda Cruz had, like he was, Cruz was saving it to like drink. <laughs> Cruz is not stoked. He's like, he's drinking my soda. And he's cry- like, he's throwing a fit, like half crying. Noah's just like feels bad sitting there drinking the soda. I'm like, you're an asshole, dude. Like, like just <laughs> like, what an asshole. He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Blah, blah. So he's like, all right, Cruz, let's, let's go. I'll go take you to get ice cream. So I was like, all right. So we go get ice cream. We, we go to pay. He's like looking at me. I'm like, bro, you said you're going to buy him ice cream. Fucking buy him ice cream. Like, so, <laughs> so then he pays, he pays for the ice cream. He, he buys himself ice cream, but he can't hold it in crutch. So like he has me hold the ice cream. So like, as we're walking uh-huh. out, I like, it's like falling off the cone. So I like try to bite it to, to t- try to bite some of it off. And he's like a huge germ germaphobe. He like, wouldn't, he started bitching. Cause like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't eat the ice cream after I bit into it. Then he's bitching about how much the ice cream was. And just like, I'm like, bro, you're literally worried about my germs, but you'll make out with some nasty chick in a club after she smoked a pack of cigarettes. He's like, oh, that's different. That's different. You know, you know what though? I kind of, I kind of have to say my whole rule is like, I'm, I'm not a, like, I guess maybe I am a germ- germaphobe. Like I won't, like if some, someone uses my fork, or like takes a bite off my food, like I'm done. That's I'm done with that. And my my rule is like within myself, it's like if I won't make out with you, I'm not eating after you. That's my rule. That's how I keep it. I mean, so like the the part of the ice cream that I like bit to try like pull off, I like grabbed the paper towel then and I pulled that part off. So like I, I took care of the problem, but he was he was in a grumpy mood. I was like, shut up, dude. Like so we ended up like throwing the ice cream out. Like it was, it, dude, I was like, it was funny, man. I was, I was like, man, I've seen you make out with some nasty chicks and 
and, and you're nervous about eating this ice cream cone after I did. Like, what? A, you're ridiculous, man. So we got to get going with that guy again. We got to get him on the show. We got to get him back uh, on a flat tracker. Like, we got to pull it together. Well, he's him. he's just coming off his injury. He had a messed up heel. Like he he did his heel in pretty good, and he's just starting a bicycle again. And um, so yeah, as soon as he's cleared to go, I'd like to. I'd like to get him back on, but he's like, I don't know. He's literally a loose cannon dude trying to track him down and keep him in one spot is like a full-time job that I'm not prepared for. I already have one kid, dude. It's hard for me to have more than two, like more than one. You got a real child and a man child. (laughs) Yeah. Two dogs, a cat. Like it's, it's a tough job, dude. Brandon Robinson's like, yeah, man, I don't have much going on right now. I'm just a cat dad. I'm like, dude, the days when I was a cat dad were easy. Like, so much easier just having a cat than having a kid two dogs like it starts to get be a lot of work man dude i get it i had a roommate that i had to like he was so much of a man child like i had to ask him to move out it was just too much i couldn't do it like just recently like a month like a month ago (laughs) really (laughs) yeah it's too much i'm like dude how am i gonna do regular life i can't even like handle a roommate (laughs) yeah yeah well i don't know it's uh yeah, another show, man. Another show in the books. Uh, definitely, definitely a good one. Anytime you can get Dalton and Robbie Bobby on the show, man. There was some pretty good shit. Got like kind of insightful with the whole AFT thing, dude. We were dropping some heat. Like it was. Oh, I thought yeah. it'd be like a comedy show, but it was actually like informational, man. Like it was good. Things got real. Things got real. I mean, no, and 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 like sometimes we go and it just has to. It's like with everything. It doesn't matter what it is. We can talk about the NBA or the NFL or, you know, hooligan racing. And, and there's always things, everyone thinks they have a better idea, but I mean, never, never any hard feelings towards AFT. I know we talk about what will we change? What will we make better? I would do this. I'd do that. But at the end of the day, AFT is doing awesome. Um, there's obviously everyone's got an opinion and things they'd like to see different, but never, never a blow to AFT because those guys are killing it. And they're obviously giving you guys all a platform to have jobs. So, uh, yeah. good on them. Cause I, if it weren't for them, then all you guys would try to be my roommate and we'll, you know, we'll just talk about how that would go. Yeah. So. I mean, honestly, like AFT, they, they've given the riders the platform. You just got to put the work in. I mean, there's stuff they do with the rules packages and shit that obviously I would do a little differently, but, um, as far as like the platform for guys to make a career racing, they, they've given you that platform with the TV coverage and, um, yeah, like they could do like some things a little bit better there, but the platform's there. Like there's guys that are able to kind of put the work in and, and make a career racing. So it's, um, you know, everybody expects them to just write the checks, man, but it's, uh, it's, that's not really their responsibility. It's, um, nope. it's the, the riders got to go out and, and they got to do more. And, um, and I've tried to give that advice to some of these young kids growing up, man. It's, you know, they're like, oh, the purse money. It's all. I'm like, dude, if you're relying on just your purse money to make a career racing, you're fucked. Like, you can't. That's like, that should be like bonus money, like gas money to put in your car. Like, um, the the purse money yep. is you gotta you gotta look outside the box and and do other stuff. Like, you can't just rely on the purse money because I don't think the purse the purse isn't really that bad. Um, you know, it's it's decent. You just gotta go out and and put the work in. But yeah, no, um like I said, a lot, a lot of stuff we talked about and we got all winter dude to talk and, and uh, I'm excited for, 
for more for more kind of insight um, from our guests about about AFD and flat track and hooligan racing and amateur racing. It'll, it'll be really good. Um, I want to make sure we shout out our sponsors to make this happen. Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas and Jerry Stinchfield, Brandywine Harley-Davidson. Make sure you follow these companies on social media and just thank them for supporting our podcast. They keep this going. Like if it wasn't for the sponsorships that make it just possible to keep this going, we wouldn't have a podcast anymore. So uh, definitely appreciate them, the listeners, you guys sharing the podcast, leaving us reviews, keeps us motivated. It keeps us going. Um, we've had a lot of listeners these past few weeks, man. It's, uh, it's really increased and we appreciate that support as well. Drop us a message. Let us know what we can do better. Some guests you might want to hear. And uh, yeah, just to the future, man. Looking forward to doing some more. Um, the uh, RVA flat track this weekend, Ashland, Virginia. Lime, Ohio. RPM promotions on August 30th. And uh, winter throwdown, January 6th to the 8th, 2022. Any questions on that race, hit me up. Um, definitely. Definitely got some, uh, a lot of things planned for that race as well, Frankie, but yeah, another show, man. Thanks for taking the time and let's plan the next one, bro. What we got? Yeah, man. Hey, this is cool, man. I, I think, uh, man, we got, we got some, you know, there's not a lot. It's off season. There's not a lot coming up, but we got the, you know, this weekend is the, like I said, the super hooligan finale. Let's go, so, dude. Let's go. Yeah. yeah so I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be t- paying attention and uh, I'm going to bring back a lot of insight from that because it's it's also it's the finale. It's in Huntington Beach. I went to Huntington Beach last night. Um, just Where'd to go you to go? Dinner. Main Street or main like just down the main main drag there. Where'd you eat? And um, I had pokey nachos, a cob salad, um, and and I got super hammered. And like it, I literally went there for like lunch and a margarita. Who are you and, with? Some friends or? Yeah, I took some chick and uh, uh, met up with like Brandon Quaid. He owns the Quaid Harley Davidson here in uh, Southern California, big Harley shop. Um, your competitor, but uh, I went with him and and yeah, dude, I went and it got wild. Like it got wild in a hurry, and uh, so yeah, I, I can't you. imagine what what it's gonna be like <laughs> with a bunch of hooligans there. So uh, that that's going to get fun. So I'll definitely have some stories from that. And then you know, a lot of guys are going to be out. Johnny Lewis said he's going to be there. Um, you know, we got the Oregon boys rolling. You know, the whole entire RSD crew gets, you know, they're out of, they're out of hand. And Johnny Lewis, and, huh? Man, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll see what he's doing one of these days. Get him on the pod. I've never had Johnny. He'd be fun. Pod. He would be. He'd be fun to have on here. JL10, we go yep. way back, way back. So <laughs> you know, maybe we'll give, I'll give Johnny a ring. Maybe we'll give Johnny a ring. But yeah, Frank, keep me posted on the weekend, dude. Good luck. Fucking whoop some, whoop some KTM ass, man. And uh, keep us posted. That's, That's what I hope to do. It's not as easy as to, you know, as it seems, but, yeah, uh, what you know. Mean? What do you mean? Everybody, it's it's got to be easy, right? Everybody thinks, you know, it's, you know, go out there and win. It's got to be easy. Yeah. Right? hooligan racing dude these guys yeah. suck yeah these guys suck. they're all drunks and washed up so <laughs> until uh until uh, somebody shows up and they uh get like what 12th or 8th or you know it's it's harder than you think man it's like production twins yeah. sammy dude got albert talking <laughs> shit bro it's like 
Oh man, I'm a I'm a big Sammy guy, but he likes to he likes to talk smack on the production class. So uh, I got oh, a backup yeah, bike. I got a backup bike, Sammy. You can ride, man. You can ride and, and take a take take a swirl at it, man. See what you got. But uh, yeah, glad you're uh you, you're still on this planet, dude. It was uh quite the lift off at uh at Charlotte. Glad you're doing glad you're doing much better for real. So we'll have to maybe we get Sammy on the line. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that we should get Sammy on. Maybe we just do a little. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we just do like a half a half a show with Johnny, half a show with Sammy. Sammy was our third or fourth guest, I think we've ever had on the show. So we could maybe maybe do a uh, a catch up with Sammy, dude. Because uh, I think after time. Charlotte, it's probably probably worthwhile for sure. Especially if he's on his meds. I don't know if he's still on the meds, but uh, yeah. Oh he's, yeah, we got to get on that. He's pretty entertaining, dude. So. Yeah, a lot of stuff planned. Stay tuned, and uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Thanks for tuning in. We out.